Hello. 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 Hi there. Hello and welcome to the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com sport editor Michael Potts. And today is a big, big day for Football Times. It's the long-awaited debut of Mr. Mark Parry, BBC Match of the Day magazine deputy editor. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Long-awaited by no one. Yeah. <laughs> Long-awaited by me, who <laughs> keeps getting the, oh yeah, it's this Match of the Day guy. It's this. It's never Paz, but today it is Paz. Uh, we'll dive straight in to the weekend's Premier League action on TV, uh, starting with Liverpool versus Watford. It's on BT Sport 1 this Saturday. Uh, it's a 12.30 kickoff. Um, Liverpool having a, such a good week right now. Uh, three games, ten goals, two conceded, a couple of clean sheets, which is something new to their their game in the last week. And City lost. Could it be? Could it be any better for Liverpool right now? <laughs> I think Nigel Pearce and the new manager of Watford is having a sleepless couple of nights, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a baptism of fire for for him yeah, this this weekend. Um, yeah, on fire Liverpool. Um, just a winning machine at the moment. Can anyone stop them? I mean, I'm looking at Leicester thinking they're probably the, the best shot. Now, we'll come on to Man City later on, but I mean, this is theirs. Surely, surely this is their, their season. Is it 14 points, I think, ahead of uh, of City now? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, 30 years without a trophy, without a Premier League trophy, and I think you've got to say it's, it's heading to, to Anfield. Um, mm. I can't they, they just see Watford putting up much resistance, yeah. to be honest. They just look relentless, don't they, Liverpool? Like they, they've maybe not performed, they've not blown teams away, I guess, but... Um, I mean, just that win midweek against Salzburg, 2-0, not an easy, you know, not an easy match that one by any stretch. And yet they've still done it with my favourite scoreline, a lovely 2-0 win. Just nice clean sheet. Nice and comfortable. That'll do. Um, And yet a couple of goals from Naby Keita as well recently as well, coming in, coming into form at the right time. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, they don't need any more players score when you've got the front three they've got. But if people like um, Naby are chipping in with the goals as well, it makes them even more... Even more dangerous, I think, to to play in. I think undefeated in the last forty six home games now. That's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, how can you how can you compete with that? Like from, well, you from can't. Any team? Yeah. You can't, can you? And and, and for Watford, um, yeah, lost five nil uh, at Anfield last year. Uh, five nil the season before, and the season before that it was six one. <laughs> so it's, it's not good reading for yeah. for Hornets fans, I don't think. And then you're rocking up to Liverpool in their strongest season in a long, long while. Um, yeah, moving on to Watford, I guess they've. I love how they've experimented. They've gone around from sort of Marco Silva, Javi Gracia, Kike Sanchez, Flores twice, and now they've just you know landed for Big Nigel, Big Nigel Pearson, and Craig Shakespeare as his second. It's, it's a it's an interesting it, it, one. Yeah, it is. It's a very un-Watford appointment. I think he's <laughs> he's their first English manager since Sean Dyche back in 2012. I think it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, Big Nigel was a hero of mine growing up at Shrewsbury. He was a oh. big commanding centre half. Took no prisoners, and obviously he's, he's that type of manager as well. So I think they brought him in for his, his organisational skills, mm. get the players fired up, um, just to add a bit of, I don't know, just something to those those players who've just not performed this season at all. Yeah, exactly. I think people have pointed out Dar- uh, his failure with Derby. Uh, they've pointed out his bit of a failure with uh, OH Leuven. Leuven? Yeah, and there's yeah the we'll go with them. Second division in Belgium. Yeah, and I mean... It's particularly that one, like it must be very tough going from you know you've been in the football league your entire career. Suddenly you're in the Belgian second team, like you've got no idea where the talent is really in there. No. And I just think that's quite a harsh, um, a harsh way to view Pearson, considering he did so well with Leicester, dragging them back from the brink, and, and obviously laid the foundations. For, yeah, he's, I mean, for he's a legend. Season. He's yeah. a legend in Leicester, yeah. isn't he? With the, the fans there, um, it will be interesting to see how he gets on at, at Watford. Obviously, the biggest problem at the moment is is scoring goals. Mm. Um, lowest scorers in the league, 
scored nine in, in 16 games this season. Mm. And to put that into context, so that's nine in 16 for Watford. Liverpool got 10 in the last three games. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a complete mismatch. It is, absolutely. Can you see anything other than Liverpool win here? Well, this is a, the, the, a Premier League thing. It's, it's either going to be about 7 or 8 nil to Liverpool yeah. or the most random 1-0 yeah. away win to Watford. <laughs> Troy Deeney steps up and does the business. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sticking with Liverpool win here, but yeah, you never know. This is the Premier League. Anything can happen, but probably not that. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, later on Saturday, we have a 5.30 kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League and main event. It's Southampton versus West Ham. Um, anybody who listens to this every week knows I love a relegation battle. Uh, not when you know my boys are <laughs> in it, but, um, but when it's another two teams, I, I'm well up for it. Worrying Southampton when you've got a nine-goal striker by you know mid-December, Danny Ings just lashing them in. It's worrying that they're still 18th. It's it's almost if if those goals dry up, then I mean they're, they're up the creek really, aren't they? Really? I mean I think they they they're deep deep in it at the moment anyway. And mm. like you say, without the goals of, of Danny Ings, who's got what five in his is it five in his last five? I think so. It is yeah. Um, yeah. They would be. Very, very deep in it. Uh, it's a huge relegation six-pointer. It's a big one for for West Ham as well with mm. um, Manuel Pellegrini. And it's, I mean, at some point, uh, Hassan Hosel is going to be in in a bit of danger himself. I think he's yeah. got to he's got to start picking up some points and certainly starting at St Mary's this this weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's bizarrely avoided a lot. I feel like there's been a lot of chat about Silver, a lot of chat about Pellegrini, etc. I feel like Hassan Hosel's maybe got away with it quite. Quite lightly, maybe. Yeah, completely, uh, especially yeah. considering the the nine nil. Mm. Not many managers will survive a nine nil home home defeat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so they've won a couple in recent weeks. To be to be fair to them, um, five of the last six games have ended two one. Uh, the two two draw with Arsenal in the middle of all of that. Uh, only two of those going in their favour. So they they have picked a few points. <sighs> it's just yeah, you, they, you just need consistency when you're down there, don't you? Like you can't just rely on the, that that win every few weeks to you know you can't expect to go anywhere with that. Um, three points off thirteenth, but could be three points off seventeenth by the end of the weekend. Yeah, it's it's, it's like I said, this is just a huge game for for both teams. Southampton last two home games have, have been two one victories. Uh, they, mm. they they snap your hand off, I think, for another two one. Um, and and thing with Danny Ings as well. I mean, he's he's got five and five, and he. He's not going to carry on scoring in every no. game between now and the end of the season. So, like you say, someone like Shane Long has, has got to chip in with some goals and yeah. Ward Prowse on, on set pieces, maybe. But they just need to be offering more from uh, more parts of the pitch. Yeah, I mean Nathan Redmond as well. We, he's such a, an enigmatic really, <laughs> forward, yeah. isn't yeah. he? Really, like he's got so much talent, but we're just not seeing it on a on a weekly basis, or, or certainly not in you know cold hard numbers. Whether he's no. turned up in the performances, that's that's one thing. But sometimes you really do just need. Just, just somebody grab the grab the game, scruff of the neck, and and do it. That's it. Um, West Ham was that win versus Chelsea? Bit of a fluke, do you think? Well, it's looking like it, isn't it? Um, what's they lost seven of their last nine? West Ham now obviously had that uh, disappointing result against Arsenal on, on Monday night. Mm. Um, looked a better team for for a, a big chunk of that game, and then were just hit by those three goals from from Arsenal. And that, that's yeah. the sort of result that you get if you're if you're struggling, isn't it? So you, yeah. you you're playing all right. But then it seemed just really clinical on the break and score three goals and you lose three one. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like a domino effect, isn't it? Once one goes in, it, you know, it can always just lead to yeah, full scale capitulation, like as as we saw on Monday. Um, haven't actually seen too much of them play this this season. Um, I mean, you wonder what they're lacking. But I mean, again, when we're talking about cold hard <laughs> goal scoring stats, their front boys just not not turning up with that. Are they really Haller? 
Looked like a great sign in the first. Only scored one in 13, none in his last eight. Anderson, no goals in his last nine. No, no, not even an assist in his last nine for Anderson, who was such a talented player. Yarmolenko, no goals in seven. Fornals, he scored one in 17, and that was against Newport. There's an obvious, <laughs> like, there's an obvious deficiency in goals here. I just wonder whether Pellegrini can actually do something about that. Well, like you say, they spent big on on, on Haller uh, in the summer from Frankfurt, and he he looked like he was going to come in and, and, and be the player they needed to to, to lead the line. Mm. And recently, he's been dropped for Michael Antonio. So that tells you what they yeah the, the, the coaches at West Ham currently think of of, uh, of Haller. Um, yeah, it's it, it's tough for for West Ham at the moment. One win since September. Um, second top scorer is Aaron Cresswell. <sighs> <laughs> says it all, doesn't it? Wow, yeah, and, and and that's where you look at people like Danny Ings, and you think like that's you, know, you need that player in your in your oh, in completely. Your and I'm, I'm sure they'll be linked with every striker under the sun in in January as well. Whether they get anyone in, I don't know. I, I love the West Ham striker hunt. It seems to come a lot. It's like one of those beautiful natural events that happens every transfer window. You've got what was the was there a summer where it went from Lacazette to Baca to Scott Hogan? It was like this mad it's, chain. Yeah, down. and it's just pulling names out of a hat, isn't it? Half yeah. the time as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, narrow win for Southampton. I'm going for here. Well, maybe a score draw. One-one. Score draw. Fair enough. Uh, hopefully, well, yeah, Halleck can turn up and <laughs> that's what we're going for I think here. Pellegrini will be praying he does because his job is very much on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you think this could be the end of Pellegrini if he doesn't? I think uh, a defeat at this weekend could could see him uh, move the side, so to speak. Move the side. Mutually, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parted ways. Uh, moving on to Super Sunday. We have a two o'clock kickoff. It's Manchester United versus Everton on Sky Sports Premier League and main event. Um, United love to turn up for these big games. Spurs and Man City, easy as that. <laughs> they certainly do seem to, to get results against the, the bigger teams, don't they? This season they've beat Chelsea, beat Leicester, beat Tottenham, beat City. The only team to take any points off Liverpool. It's phenomenal, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's odd, um, but I guess not too odd when you, when you look at the, the players they've got and their obvious strength is the, the pace in attack of Rashford, mm. Martial, James. Players which, which thrive on a, on a counter-attacking style. So if a team comes and, and, and dominates possession, um, United are, are quite happy to do that, I think. Yeah. The problem comes when they're expected to dominate possession mm. um, and they're not being able to, to, to really beat those teams this season. Yeah, for sure. I think City, they've, they've struggled when they've come up against Liverpool. Liverpool have, you know sussed them a little bit in the last few games and um, you see that front three hitting them with pace hitting them with power uh, hitting them on the break and, yep. and you see United now they've got you know that front line James, Marshall, Rashford you can kind of wasn't that unexpected almost that they got at them because that is a frightening front line when they're, when they're on form It is I mean that's, that's where all their, their quality is I mean midfield there's still a huge um, hole in, in quality I think mm. there especially with Pogba yeah, I mean Scott McTominay is a, a good player. Fred still not not convinced, even though he played well mm. uh, last weekend. So I think if they can get the ball forward as quickly as possible to those front front players, that's yeah. when they're at their most dangerous. Yeah, I like McTominay to be fair. It's just yeah, Pog, where is Pog, has anybody <laughs> has anybody seen Paul Pogba? We've left him somewhere, and I mean he is pretty much the player you would love to have back in that United side now, alongside Tominay. But oh, completely. But he's uh, yeah, where he he's, uh, gone AWOL. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Hope you're having a lovely Christmas, Paul. Uh, I'm not sure he's listening. <laughs> hey, hey, of course Maybe he is. is. Yeah, big um, fan, big fan, long-time listener is Paul. But Rashford, I could be just talk about Rashford. Yeah, for a second. absolutely. Um, a player who sort of burst onto the scene what four four years ago now, and he, at the time it was this: is this guy the new 
Federico Makeda. Mm, yeah. He's going to come in, score a couple of goals, and just drift into oblivion. But but no, this 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 guy's the the real deal for me. Mm. Um, first time I saw him was at the FA Cup semi final against Everton a few years ago in person, and he mm. even then at, at sort of eighteen he was he was looking a genuinely decent player, and yeah. he's just progressed and progressed. And this last week, Solskjaer has been comparing him to Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, fair play, fair play. I, I think we, we underestimate how young he actually is, Rashford, as oh. well, because he has been around for a while. Um, I've never, admittedly, never been totally, totally sold on him. Like, talent, phenomenal. Pace, phenomenal. Just thought he went missing in quite a few games, but he's actually turning up consistently now. And I think credit has you've got to go, credit has to go to Solskjaer for you know he moved him up top, didn't quite work through the middle. He's put him back out wide. He's playing a system that really suits Rashford. So I know you know with Solskjaer, a lot of people would say it's heart overhead, and is he really yeah. this tactical genius? But he's getting a lot out of Rashford, and it's not just you know a flurry of couple of hat-ricks in a week and that's it he's getting I think it's like 10 goals and a couple of assists in his last 11 games so yeah. he's consistently yeah. finding the net yeah he's already equaled last season's tally um, yeah. so far this season uh, in fewer than half the games mm. like you say he's got 10 in his last 11 he's um, he's yeah he's finally looking like he's he's putting it together consistently which mm. is which is like I say it's quite it's unfair probably to, to judge him on previous yeah. seasons when he was a kid and yeah. um, the thing with kids is that they they're, they're inconsistent mm. they, they don't do it every week that's just the, by their very nature yeah but with the with age and experience comes that comes that consistency. Yeah, great news for England as well <laughs> going into the Euros next year when it is definitely coming home. Uh, moving on to Everton in this one, <sighs> Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> okay, uh, yes, the news this morning. Who knows when this is going to be uh, completely disparaged? But Carlo Ancelotti linked with the Everton job. Um, yeah, it's an old <laughs> one, isn't it? Yeah. Then, so at the moment they've got they've got big dunk. Big dunk. Big dunk doing the, the business. At, uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a fantastic win at the weekend against Chelsea. Mm. Um, but yeah, Carlo Ancelotti, is he going to be busting? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a very strange one that to, yeah. to be. I saw a couple of things saying he was actually interested in it. You wonder, you wonder, I mean, you wonder how solid a lot of these reports are, but I'm not, I'm not totally sold on him for Everton right now. Like if, if you're Everton, you, you're obviously sitting there thinking he's the big name, the box office name, but he's always taken those big teams and, you know, yeah, made, it, made a good team better. Yeah, like, he's, he's he worked the... consistently with, with world-class players. Yeah. And no offence to, to some of the players at Everton, but whether they tick the world-class box at the moment, I'm not quite so mm. sure. So Moving from, you know, Higuain to Calvert-Lewin is a... No, no, no disrespect to Calvert Lewin there, who is also a regular listener alongside Paul Pogba. Um, but yeah, I mean, an interesting one. Um, I'm, I'm actually quite up for Emery going to Everton. Are you? Yeah, quite like quite like Emery. Uh, is that is that a bad thing to say? Who knows? I don't mind Emery. Well, let's just hope that Big Dunk isn't listening because yeah. uh, oh man, another said the wrong thing to him. <laughs> yes. To be fair to him, like I say, he he, got, he had a great result on on, on Saturday. Yeah, um, I, I've had a great strat that went stat where. Um, Chelsea against Chelsea Everton made 37 tackles which is the most that any team in the Premier League has made this season yeah. and more than any um, other team in Everton have done in, in 10 years mm. so you can imagine that, that the that big dunks got them yeah, properly fired up in the dressing room before the match yeah I think I said this to I think it was Ketch last week I said this to and um, just Everton maybe like a bit of character so instantly if that's what Ferguson's doing to them just you know injecting them with a bit of yep. Um, a bit of you know guts and fire, fire think, in their like, belly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what you know their talented, talented players maybe need. So you know, Duncan Ferguson, get him in, get him in. Um, can you see big dunks Everton taking anything from United in this one? Well, I mean, Dunk himself had a good record against United as a player, which um, is definitely transferable. But so. 
you know, and Everton haven't haven't won at Old Trafford for for six years. I don't think so. I can't I can't see an Everton mm. victory. I think United maybe two 0 Yeah, going United, and I think this is the game they probably need to win to you know not just the big games. They need to turn up regularly. Probably the show stop a game coming up at four thirty on Super Sunday at Sky Sports Premier League and main event. Pray for Arsenal. It's Arsenal versus Man City. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal are they fixed now? A three, a win over West Ham. Is that all their problems solved? Freddie Youngberg, the the special one. I think even the most diehard <laughs> Arsenal fan would, uh, would 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 fail to say that it's yeah. it's all solved and all. Well, happy families down at, at Arsenal. It's 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 been a, a, a strange season, a disappointing season. Um, and to be fair, it's been a disappointing season for City as well. Mm. Um, Arsenal obviously out of eyes on the top four, probably not going to make it. City eyes on the title, probably not going to make it. Mm. So it's uh. It's almost like a best of the rest, isn't it? It's, it's just a really it's sad, <laughs> a really sad match where everybody's like, we're not going to achieve our dreams this year. Um, yeah, I mean, Arsenal, the thing is with Arsenal, they've just got so much going forward. And now and Pepe turned up the other day. He did, yeah. Um, he really, you know, he turned turned on the class that, that got him the move in the first place. And and you wonder whether, you know, can they can they just revert to this, this mode of just outscoring every team, you know, three or four, even if they concede in a couple. Like, is, is that... The new Arsenal way, like I, I don't know whether they can actually rely on that every week. I don't think they can, can they? And the thing is, they're just giving—they're so open. They give—they give the opposition so many opportunities to to get a shot at their mm. goal. And if you're letting teams have twenty shots on your goal, the chances are that they're going to score one or two. Yeah. Um. And it, it, that isn't the Arsenal way, is it? Like the Arsenal way of, of winning, um, one nil from years mm. ago. It's it's boring, it's, boring it's Arsenal. Boring, boring Arsenal. It's, it's a long, long way from uh, from boring, boring Arsenal at the moment. Yeah, they'd take they'd take that in a heartbeat, wouldn't they? One nil wins every oh. week. Um, yeah, but I mean, Aubameyang keeps turning up with the goals, even if he's not playing well, which is a great sign for Arsenal. Uh, Lacazette, an option. Martinelli, some talent. Him, I watched him in the Europa League a couple of times. Um, looks so sharp with his, with his head. I think he scored uh, in in the Europa League when I've watched him. Um, I mean, they probably need some like mad inverted hexagon formation to get them all in. But uh, but yeah, they have that attacking talent. It's whether or not you can teach David Luiz to defend. Oh, which, well, I think that's uh, I think that horse is bolted, hasn't it? I think yeah. David Luiz is David Luiz. Um, yeah, it looks like the cassettes made make way for for Martinelli on on Monday night. Mm. Um, I imagine he'll stick with the same team um, this weekend. Um, it's a big ask, isn't it, for a, like an eighteen year old to to, to be tasked with with scoring the goals to get you up the league and to get you into the Champions League, but he's he's stepped up so far. Yeah, for sure, going down the Marcus Rashford route exactly. there, <laughs> not, the, uh, not the Makeda route. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is that is that our new like dividing line so. here? Are you a Rashford or a Makeda? Uh, moving on, Manchester City. Um, I've never seen such poor defensive. Uh, work from pretty much all of the top six. I, yeah. I can't remember a time when United, Chelsea, Arsenal, City, Spurs, they've all been. Very, very lacklustre this, yeah, this time around. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Laporte is a, is a huge miss mm, yeah. for City at the back there. Before he he he, he was injured and, and missed a big chunk of the season, they'd, they'd won, their f- won 5-0, 3-1 and 4-0, drew the other game, mm. looking solid. Since then, it's just all gone um, it's all gone a bit wrong. Fernandinho's dropped back in there. And he's, mm. he's not played badly. He's probably been their best centre-back, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, he's actually putting a few tackles in, isn't he? He's putting a few challenges in and winning the ball. It's just maybe the organisation of the whole thing. Exactly. Is... I think they've missed him in that sort of DMC role in, in midfield. Rodri's a good player, yeah. but Fernandinho was probably one of the top three DMCs in the world and he he was a huge part of that that City's success. And I think at the moment we're just seeing him missing from there, uh, a world-class centre-back missing, and, and that's why they're 
yeah. they're struggling. I feel like um, Vincent Company may be the most mentioned player on this podcast <laughs> this season. And uh, I mean, you really, yeah, we don't need to say any more about that, no. but they really, really miss him. And, and you just wonder whether there's going to be money in January to go out for a centre-back. I know, I know Guardiola's maybe said that he doesn't need to go out and buy one, but come on, man. Like, well, they do it, need one, yeah. It's just whether it's too late. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that's the thing. I mean, you, you, you're almost rebuilding for next season or, or a Champions League push. They're obviously still going in that and um, that is the competition Pep will want to win. It will be now, yeah. Admit it or not. Um, yeah, Sterling as well dried up. It's not like they're sort of scoring a lot of goals either. No, as it's well not. As their, yeah, that's it. Their main men, Sterling's got one in his last seven for club and country. Aguero's mm. not scored in his last three games. Uh, Jesus has only scored in one of his last ten games. Yeah. Um, Bernardo Silva not scored in five. So it's it's kind of a mixture of the two, isn't it? Conceding goals, looking weak at the back, and then not not being the usual city in in attack. Yeah. So just off, just yeah. generally just off. But they'll click, they'll <laughs> click yeah. again at some point, and, and it may well be at yeah at the Emirates on Saturday when yeah. they win four 0 or something stupid like that. Yeah, absolutely. Prediction for this one. Yeah. Well, I've just said four 0 Four 0 Yeah. Yeah. Backlash. City backlash. I'm going to go like five four. Who, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all going to concede. And <laughs> a classic. Uh, Martinelli's going to rock up with this. You know. Steal the show. Uh, moving on to Monday Night Football, and I mean, it's an enormous one. Uh, it's a 7.45 kickoff. It's the UK's weirdest derby. Uh, it's the M23 to Crawley, bare left at Peace Pottage <laughs> flyover onto Junction 11 onto the A23 derby. Uh, it's also the Glen Murray derby. And it's the Steve Claridge derby. And it's the Gatwick Express derby as oh, well. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Gatwick Express. So whichever way you cut it, <laughs> this is a huge one. It's huge. Um, uh, this led down a rabbit warren of Steve Claridge facts, by the oh, way. Really? Do you go know on, let's go for it. Played for Palace. It was his fourth club in 1988. Right. Played for his 15th club, Brighton, in 2004. Wow. When he was 89 years old. Uh, and then had another 12 transfers after that. <laughs> and that's your Steve Claridge facts for the day. Uh, moving on to the actual game, Crystal Palace. Uh, looked like the, the sort of early flourish was over, um, but another three-game unbeaten streak. Fair play. They sort of they, they lost the games uh, against City, Leicester, Chelsea, Liverpool, uh, but they've beaten Burnley, Bournemouth, Drew with Watford. I mean, it's exactly the way to stay up, isn't it? Beat the teams around you. Exactly, and it's such a, a Roy Hodgson team at the moment, isn't yeah. it, as well? They've kept three clean sheets in their last three games. Only three teams have conceded more goals in the league this season than Palace. Yeah. Um, don't score many goals, but it's just a, a Roy Hodgson, well-organised, well-drilled, well-coached team that are, are going to grind out the odd the odd win here and there and not yeah. lose by many. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, they're just, just they're bizarre. <laughs> Zaha's not even really turned up no, that much this season. I mean, he's probably, probably improved as the season has wore on. Um, he's probably not going to get that sort of mega money transfer in January. I know he's been with Chelsea again, but would you really plump for him in January? I don't he, know. Uh, you know, it, it, not one argument it could be that he's been slightly distracted mm. with not getting that move, and and maybe things have been going on behind the scenes that that have made he maybe sort of got his, his mind elsewhere. Mm. So we'll see. I think he's worth a punt for a, a team. Um, yeah. Chelsea would be a, would be a great move for him, but um, he's obviously got the business to do for Palace first in these Steve Claridge Gatwick Express and <laughs> twenty whatever derby. I'm going to stick with the Gatwick <laughs> Express derby. I like that one. Uh, yeah, moving on to the other side of uh, Gatwick, we have Brighton. Um, a very similar run. So they've, they've lost to United, Liverpool, Leicester. Uh, but beaten, you know, a lot of mid-table teams like Everton, Norwich, Arsenal, and uh, drawn with Wolves. 
Yeah, I'm throwing throwing Arsenal in the mid table <laughs> teams there. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Graham Potter's doing such a good, decent little job there, right in mid table. No, he's he's doing a fantastic job. He really is. Um, highly rated at Ostersund. Went to to Swansea and actually did a really good job in the mm. in the circumstances there. He's got them playing some really nice football. Um, I think only five or or six teams average more possession in the Premier League this season than, than yeah. Brighton. So it's obviously a very clear style of play they've got there. Um, he's he's doing a really good job and I. I wouldn't be surprised in maybe two or three years if he's been linked with some some even bigger jobs in Brighton. Mm. Well, I mean, they tied him down straight away, didn't it? It was a 2023, the contract, once, you know, there was about five managers with their necks on the block. Uh, but yeah, good good move to tie him down, get him sorted for the long term. Um, you felt a little bit like, you know, Lampard, this was his transitional year with Chelsea. This was Potter's transitional yeah. year with Brighton. Um, but if you're going to finish mid-table as well, I mean, you've changed the style from Hewton, who was pragmatic, and there was a bit of uproar when he did go, but I yeah. think it was the right call. They, they'd lost so many games last year and, and played awfully doing it. Uh, Potter's now getting attractive football and results. I mean, it's, it's such a good move yeah, no, it's the perfect, uh, It's the perfect response, isn't it? And it, it, it was a risk because with Chris Hewton, he, you know, he, he'd kept them up. He'd, he'd, he'd done... He'd done a decent job there. They, they mm. weren't very exciting, but they were getting results. And the, the, the danger is when you take that gamble of, of, of getting rid of a manager of kept you up, you bring someone else in and you could easily find yourself cut adrift at the bottom. But yeah. it's worked for them. I think Brighton have done their, their due diligence and, and Dan Ashworth as technical director is obviously yeah, earmarked. Sure. Um, Potter is someone who could who could come in and, and bring a an ethos and a, and a philosophy with him which mm. can take Brighton forward for the next sort of five years or so. Yeah, probably need a good transfer window though, to be fair. I mean, they've, they've signed a lot of players over yeah. the last few years. Uh, their recruitment hasn't been good. They're, they're sort of soldiering on. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, now that he has the trust of his players who are there, he's had a time to sift through people. You think this could be a really exciting end of the season for Brighton. I mean, it's so tight in there. We haven't mentioned this so far, but it is so tight between, I think it's like seventh and and. 16th potentially yeah I mean what Brighton are currently only sort of three points off off eighth place and I'm sure they'll be looking up the table rather than than Mm. down it this season because um yeah, they can. I think I think a top ten finish is is well on the cards for yeah. for the Seagulls. Yeah, I mean with Sheffield United up there, Crystal Palace up there, Newcastle around, you know, in the mix turning up. Um, you really think that it could it's be hurt you to say that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get your free get your free half season tickets to watch <laughs> Brucey's push to Europe. Um, yeah, but I mean that's that's gonna be quite a fascinating little battle there for you know the race for. Not 11th to 20th. <laughs> um, prediction for uh, the fiery A23 derby. Uh, what about a, a, a 1-1 draw? Yeah. A 1-1 draw, I think. I'm going, yeah. I'm going two all because I nothing think. gets the pulses racing quite like. Anyway, uh, we've done that one to death. Uh, <laughs> fantasy Premier League tips. Uh, so I moved for Son and Ali pretty quickly after Mourinho came in uh, because I am the special one. I think my, my big tip is to just get rid of Salah and Sterling. Uh, I think for the amount of money uh, you have to shell out for them, their, their you know return just isn't isn't matching controversial that premium cost but what can I say Son and Ali turning up <laughs> um, also quite like the look of Harry Kane bubbling away under there uh, it could be a very good investment especially if some of the other big players Salah Sterling uh, aren't quite doing the biz Rashford bang in form and Crystal Palace defenders get get on everybody's <laughs> favourite second serve Martin Kelly uh, I think everybody in the world has him on the bench and never actually gets his clean sheets but don't be afraid Put him in that team there. Uh, even double up on Crystal Palace if you so choose. Any any big tips for us here? I'm, I've got to have, hold my hands up and say I'm, I'm not a regular player of, of fantasy. Oh. I was um, <laughs> I was my school champion in USA 94. 
when I, um, yes. my, all my points were scored by Romario and uh, Florin Radicau, the Romanian striker. Yeah. That yeah. was my peak at fantasy football. I moved into the Cricket World Cup in 1996. Yeah. Um, a few Sri Lankans doing the business <laughs> for me there. But since then, I've kind of just... Um, Stood back and watched everybody else fight wow. amongst themselves. You see, hang on, you in '94, USA '94 at school, yeah. Interesting, yeah. I was born in '93. Were you feel old? So you weren't playing feel fantasy old. football, were you? I mean, I was born playing fantasy football. <laughs> no, no, uh, and I haven't improved since <laughs> then. Anyway, uh, moving on. What is in Match of the Day magazine this week? It's a very good question. Um, it's one of my favourite issues of the year. It's our top 100 players nice. of 2019. So we count down from 100 down to one for the players who've had the best year. Uh, there's five gifts, some match tax cards, um, £1,500 worth of prizes, and we have our famous Match of the Day awards for 2019 when we pick our Players of the Year and Young Players of the Year for the women's game and the men's game. Nice. Any any teasers? Can you can you tease anything for us here? No spoilers. Oh. No spoilers. Well. There could be some Liverpool players. <laughs> Shock, horror <laughs> that you've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we have Liverpool players among the best of the year. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.